welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner is that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season one, we're talking all about career breaks. Let's get started. Welcome to the very first interview episode this season. As a reminder, we're talking all about career breaks, and my favorite part of these interviews is that they all start off quite similarly with a decision. But then, no two stories are the same. My guests have visited some incredible destinations, made life-changing self-discoveries, and then embarked on their own path to move forward. A career break can be just what you need to create the time and space and perspective to follow your path, whatever that looks like for you. So some of the guests have started their own businesses, some have started freelancing, some have returned to work, but it all started with the break, which helps with clarity. So before we dive into today's interview episode, I'd love to give a brief intro of my guest, Karen Yates. Karen left her chemistry career of 20 years after she and her husband realized that they really wanted to spend more time with each other as well as with their two kids. What better way to spend time as a family than to decide to travel the world together? This journey had allowed them to find their passion, share their story, and start their business. So let's get to it. All right. Hi, everyone. Callie here on the Travel Possibilities podcast. And I'm so excited to bring to you our guest today, Karen Yates of Tell Us Your Business Name. (laughs) Inspire My Money. Inspire My Money. So... We're just going to talk about all of the possibilities of leaving a career, traveling the world, and what can possibly happen next. So Karen, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. Super excited to talk with you and your listeners. Yay. So start. How about you describe yourself and your family? So Karen is traveling with her whole family. Um, before you decided to leave your job and take a career break to travel? So just describe it before. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would say I was following a very, very traditional path, American path. So, you know, programmed from childhood that you're going to go to college, you're going to get a good job, you're going to get married and have kids and, and all the, the things, right? The normal things. And I was, I was on that path. <laughs> but we had two kids. 18 years into our marriage, though, my husband and I found ourselves at just a really, really low point in our marriage where, I mean, the divorce word was coming up frequently and add to it, we were broke, which didn't help the stress of the situation. And we looked at each other and we said, we have to do something different. You know, 18 years ago, when we got married, we did not ever imagine that we would be in this position right now. And it's like, do something or, or, or you don't, and it's done. And so we both decided that we really wanted to repair it. And so we got creative in thinking, but (laughs) to address the career, I'd spent 20 years working as a pharmaceutical research chemist. 
uh, in the lab, you know, glasses, white coat, everything, <laughs> trying to find new medicines for various things from oncology, cancer to schizophrenia to arthritis and pretty much everything in between. And I had thought that that was like gonna be a really stable job and three job losses later and a near miss on a fourth. I was like, you know what, this is not the stable career that I thought it was going to be. And here we are 18 years into our marriage and we're just not at a good point. Wow, that's like, okay. And so then what's next? How did you get to the decision that travel was your solution? So it kind of came by chance we had been on vacation and came back and, and you know how it is, right? Like that Sunday night, you got to go back to work on Monday and you've just been on a week of vacation. And we had been in Northern California, camping near Lake Tahoe and just spending time talking with each other, which was very important to, to really start to heal our relationship. And we were spending all this time with the kids. We're out in nature, which we absolutely loved, seeing this beautiful, beautiful scenery. And here it is Sunday night and you gotta go back to work on Monday. And it's like, man, this, this is not what I signed up for, you know? This American dream that I was sold is, is just not working here. And so we just started talking and, and we realized that what we both really wanted was to spend more time with each other and to spend more time with our kids. That's what we really, really loved from our time on vacation was just the time that we got to spend together as a family and the fact that we could be in nature and really enjoy that. And so we started thinking, it's like, well, my job didn't allow me to, to go in and say, you know what, I wanna work remotely or I wanna work weird shifts or you know, strange hours. No, it was really a standard you know, nine to five, but really seven to five kind of job. And I didn't have that flexibility. So it's like, well, if we wanna spend more time together, it doesn't work. So we started thinking, okay, what can we do? What can we do? And the idea just kind of popped up that, well, maybe we should leave this normal life that we've been programmed is the right way to go and, and do something different. And so we had always thought that we would travel in retirement. You know, and when we thought about it, it's like, okay, well, you know, you'll have enough money, hopefully, and you'll be in good health, hopefully. And we were like, okay, well, we'll take maybe, you know, a couple of trips each year. And, you know, maybe a big one would be like a month long trip. You know, you might go to Europe for a month and that would be like amazing, right? And we're like, well, why can't we do that now? Like what's really stopping us from, from doing this? And of course there was a lot stopping us at the moment. You know, we had two kids, we had no money and we didn't have a way of making income at that time. So there were a lot of hurdles, but it was something that the more we thought about it, the more we talked about it, we said, oh my gosh, the pros so outweigh the cons. Like we have to find a way. Oh, I love that so much. It's like once the idea of that magnitude gets planted, like you can't think about anything else. You're like, we have to figure it out. And it's oh, scary, it's but it's amazing. So I really, I'm excited to learn more about how you guys figured that out. So what were the next steps after the idea kind of just started floating around with you? Right. So at that time, my husband was looking for work. We had recent, we had moved about a year before and he was looking for something new and debating between, oh, should I go for the money? Like he had the option of going to be like a truck driver. And we were like, 
we, we got down to the push comes to shove and you have to make the decision. It's like, no, I don't want you away from our family because it's not going to be good for our relationship. And it's certainly not going to meet those goals. And so I was like, okay, if you're not going to do that, it's not like the easy money, really, what do you do? And so this idea had germinated and it's like, oh, well, should look for something that some way to make money online. And he had been following this guy online for a couple of months. And this guy had put together a, like an internship, come learn this online business skill with me and I'll walk you through it. It's hands-on 10 people. So my husband applied last minute and he got accepted through this interview process. And then we found out it was in Thailand. <laughs> so two month, two month internship in Thailand. And at that point, it would have been really, really easy for us to say no, right? We're like, we don't have the money to do this. You know, my husband was really integral in, in helping get the kids to school and was there when they got home. And so it's like, well, I can't do all of that with my job. You know, so there's a lot of moving pieces and we're like, and, and now we have to pay for him to live somewhere else too, you know? But we started looking into it. And the first thing we did was look for flights. And my, he ended up finding a flight from like LA to Thailand for like 350 bucks or something. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. And so we're like, okay, somebody like, somebody was looking out for us. You know, the stars were aligning and it's like, okay, check. And then we just kind of kept going and it's like, okay, we can make this happen. So he ended up going to Thailand for two months. And while he was there, was exposed to just this massive world of online businesses. <laughs> And so the idea started sprouting and it's like, oh, well, there's so many ways that you can make money online. And so, you know, he was learning one, but he was getting exposed to, you know, a dozen others. And it really got us thinking about, okay, what can we do? And so that was really step one was, okay, nailing down, how can we make money? Because, you know, with two kids, it's not like we're backpacking across Europe and, you know, we're going to sleep in, in hostels. You know, there, there's a certain level of expectations that we have for our own living situation and, you know, especially with two kids. So we really had to nail down, how are we going to make money and replace the income that I'm going to walk away from? Wow. That's so awesome. Okay. So your husband went to Thailand by himself mm -hmm. and for the internship. Okay. And then what happened next? Did you join him? No. So okay. he was only there for two months. He came back and that was when we really committed to it. So when he left, we were just, we just had this idea and we were talking, we talked every day while he was in Thailand. Um, the, the time change was wonderful. <laughs> You're like almost completely opposite time zones, but we made it work. So we talked every day and the more we talked, the more he was there seeing things. It was like, oh my gosh, this is, this really is possible. And one of the things was a little bit um, holding us back a little bit was, you know, we're a family and all the people that he was meeting in Thailand were single people, you know, these digital nomads, if you would, and they're all single and they're traveling by themselves. And, and so he had this thought while he was there, he's like, you know, they've got summits for digital nomads. They've got summits for dropshipping. They've got summits for, you know, everything. Do they have a summit for families that travel? And so he Googled it and sure enough, there was this summit the Family Adventure Summit. They had done two summits already and they were hosting a third the following year. And they had this incredible uh, video put together and it was just like, oh my gosh, we have to be there. <laughs> like, 
that just was like other people do this yes there's actually other families that travel with children and we have to be there we have to meet these people we have to learn from these people we have to become friends with these people and so that really set our timeline which became very aggressive because he came, he was gone uh november and december came back right at Christmas time. In January, we're like, okay, you know what? This is really something we want to do. And the summit was in September. So we were like, okay, we have to be there. And the fact was this summit was actually in Bali. Oh. So <laughs> once again, halfway around the world and we're like, okay, we need to make this happen. And <laughs> so we got to work. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's amazing. So from January all the way up until the summit. I mean, spoiler alert, you made it to the summit, right? <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> okay. And so what did you do? Like, what were the steps that you started to take? You just very briefly. And like, when did you start telling people that this is what you're going to be doing? How did they react? We want to know. <laughs> right. So the first, one of the first big decisions we had to make was what to do with all of our stuff. You know, are we are we thinking about coming back or are we going to just kind of cut the cord here? And we talked about it a lot and we're like, you know, you, you have this vision now. This is this beautiful vision, right? You can visualize yourself traveling to all these places you've thought of visiting and hoped maybe you do it in, you know, 20 years. And we're like, I don't think we're going to come back, at least not for for some time. And so we're like, OK, we're going to get rid of the vast majority of our stuff. We'll hold on to some sentimental things, um, some heirloom, you know, some stuff from my grandparents, some memories, but we're going to get rid of the vast majority of stuff. And, and so when you have like this house full of stuff, you're like, that takes time. It really takes time to, to really get rid of it all. Even if you're just donating, you, it still takes time. <laughs> so we had to do that. We were focusing definitely on creating a business so that we could support our income and we were also really focused on getting our finances in order with what we were spending right you know in that time so that we would have this pile of cash saved up so that you know there there was this cushion there you know we weren't stressed about oh my gosh we have to make um, our month's income right now um to support support ourselves when we're halfway around the world <laughs> so we started doing all of that we didn't start telling family until oh probably three or four months before we were leaving. We were at that point, we knew, okay, there, this is for certain that this is what we are doing. You know, we didn't want to be telling our parents and then being like, oh yeah, we changed our mind. Sorry, we just, you know, cause we knew it would be a big deal for them. Mm -hmm. You know, taking their grandkids and leaving the country. Um, and then the biggest one was, you know, telling coworkers and friends and the kids, teachers and all of that. And, and so I was really, very familiar with uh, the head of our company, the company that I worked for at the time. And I trusted him to be very um, okay with giving a long notice because I wanted to give him the time to fill my position because I knew it was critical for him. And so I gave him like, oh man, like two months notice. And that's when we really started telling everyone. Cause like, I didn't, it's a small town. We were living in a small town. It's like the last thing I needed was word to get back to someone that I'm working with that, oh, Karen's leaving. And it's like, what, what do you mean she's leaving? What do you, when you're talking craziness and then they come and talk to, no, no, no. So <laughs> I gave him like two months notice and said, okay, look, I want you to be able to hire somebody. And I need to be able to tell people. Awesome. 
And what did your kids think of all this? Were they excited? Were they like, what are you doing uprooting our lives? Were they like, tell me. So our son was 12 at the time. And we told him a little bit earlier because our daughter was only seven at the time. And so we're like six months for a seven-year-old is like forever, you know, like that's a lifetime. right? And so we told our son first and he was a little reluctant at first because we had moved a year before and we'd moved several times before. So he is feeling, you know, unsettled and, you know, finally we're here. And now you're telling me we're going to leave. <laughs> but we started just talking with him about the benefits about, you know, we were going to homeschool. So, you know, we're not going to be in the public school structure. We're not going to be within this box of education. And, and pretty soon he came on board. And then our daughter who was six and turned seven, actually in this time, um, we told her a little bit later and we were a little bit worried because she's the more social one. And we're like, oh, she's going to miss her friends. And, and so we were kind of prepping her, you know, with, with some ideas, planting seeds. And then we finally told her, and I don't know why we worried because the moment she heard that I wasn't going to go to work anymore, she was like, when are we leaving? <laughs> Let's go. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm on the side of your daughter. No more work. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And so our, and then like your parents, everyone who had the best reaction and who had the worst reaction? Uh, that is actually a hilarious story, Kelly. So, you know, parents, we had to tell over the phone. We lived far away from them. So it wasn't like we were going to tell them when we were seeing them and they were, you know, I understood they weren't super excited about us leaving. You know, this is their, their children taking their grandchildren, ah, scary world. You know, none of them have traveled extensively. So that was all good. But the funniest one was um, a friend of our daughter's was actually our neighbor. And the two girls were playing outside one day and we're like, you know, we, we need to tell the neighbors, like, you know, they need to be able to prepare their daughter so that, you know, she's ready to say goodbye. And this is the right time. So it happened that the dad was outside. So my husband and I walk over to the driveway and we talk with him and we're like, hey, so we have some news to share with you. And we tell him our news and he was like, oh my God, that's amazing. He's like shaking our hands. Congratulations. Where are you going first? You know, like all these questions and like super excited, right? And it's just like, oh, wow, that feels really good, right? This guy's <laughs> like so excited for us. And then his wife comes out and she walks down the, the driveway to us and and he tells his wife, he's like, oh, well, John and Karen have some news to tell you. And so we tell her and her face just goes blank, like absolutely no expression, no enthusiasm, nothing. It's just like, what in the world? You like just shock. And the only question that she can ask us is, when are you leaving? <laughs> like she has to know, when are you leaving? And that was it. It was like, wow, you two are married together. <laughs> And we, like, we had prepared ourselves that not everyone was going to be supportive of our decision. You know, this is something different. This is something outside of the box. You don't know a lot of people who have just up and left their career of 20 years to pursue a dream of traveling around the U.S. or traveling around the world. So we had prepared for it. So we just kind of chuckled and we we're like, oh, that was funny. <laughs> get both ends of the spectrum in one couple That's exactly <laughs> yeah it's like you never know if people are like oh like their reaction is because they wish they could do it or whatnot and so yeah sometimes it's just so far outside the realm of possibilities for some people so 
You never know yeah. how they're going to react. I think she was honestly like scared that this idea would get implanted in her husband's head and he would want to do the same thing. And she was like, no, just <laughs> no way. No, 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 no. Yeah. Maybe given his reaction, she might've been onto something. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Okay, awesome. So now bring us to Bali and tell me about your trip and how it started and what happened after the summit. Yeah, so we actually pushed up our deadline a little bit ahead of that. And so we actually left in August. I left my job in August and we spent a month traveling from Kansas out to Las Vegas driving. And we tried to hit as many national parks as we could. We were hiking and backpacking and camping. And it was an amazing month. Cause we're like, well, we have this time. We can do this now. Like, let's do this. And so incredible time seeing like showing our kids places that we had been, but visiting new places as well. That was incredible. We hop on a plane and we land in Bali and it was the first time that I had been outside of North America. Ah. <laughs> My husband, John had been to Thailand mm -hmm. and that was his first time out of North America. Um, our son had actually had an experience going to Japan as an exchange student a month before. But, you know, this was brand new and it was like, I'll, I'll admit it was a bit overwhelming the first day, <laughs> like just inundated with new sights and sounds and smells and foods and, um, you know, to the point where the first evening I actually cried because it was just, and it wasn't, it wasn't sadness at all. It was just this, oh my gosh, like we're here, we did this and the world is so much different. You know, it's just all of these emotions just welled up in me. I mean, I remember we were standing on the beach and there's all these kids flying these kites that look nothing like a kite I have ever seen in the States, you know, just completely different shapes. And, you know, the smells, just everything was so different. And it was just sensory overload and realization that we had made this happen. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Wow. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I can feel your emotion right now too. Like, it's so true. And just when you go somewhere new and you get to see things with new eyes and especially when it's the first time it is nothing short of incredible and it's a feeling that like i really wish for everyone because it's it's so unique and yeah like travel yeah you you can't time. really i don't think i could prepare someone for it you know like i can't prepare someone who's never done that for those emotions to come and hit them so we were in Bali, we went to the summit. It was the most incredible thing. Um, I don't know, 50 couples, families there, you know, with kids. The kids had their own activities. The parents had um, all kinds of different um, lectures, you know, people talking about their own experiences. So the, everything from homeschooling to making money to um, how to volunteer while you're traveling with kids, you know, all kinds of different things that you could listen to. They actually put together a panel of kids who had been traveling with their parents, teenagers, and got like their opinions and everything. And so it was just this phenomenal experience. And we just felt like, oh my gosh, these people understand us, yeah. right? For every person that, that really had that reaction like that woman did, who just didn't understand <laughs> what we were doing. Here were all these people who totally understood it. And not all of them had been traveling. Some of them had been traveling for years. Some people were like, okay, we're going to do this next year. And we're getting, you know, prepared mentally. Some of them were like, oh, we travel by RV throughout the U S 
it's like, okay, it didn't matter. We all understood each other that you have this, this desire to, to experience new things. And so it was the most incredible thing. And it was the, the perfect timing because it kind of hit me while we were in Bali, that there were people that I had been friends with, even some of my family members really didn't care to have the same level of connection with me once I left. And it hit me hard while I was in Bali. It was like, oh my gosh, these people, like I thought they were my friends. And I, I reached out to this community and they just were like showering me with love. And it's like, okay, this is, this happens. And you, and it was just incredible to feel that. And I came to understand that, that the people, it's not that they don't like me. It's not that, you know, they don't want to be friends, but it's that my experience now is so outside of their box of reality that they just didn't want that. You know, they didn't want that comparison in their head, that question in their head. Oh, is, is she doing something right that I need to consider? But it, oh, it's crazy. You know, and, and so <laughs> that realization hit in Bali. And it was just so wonderful to have all of these people there to be supportive and say, hey, we've got you. <laughs> That's amazing. Community is everything, especially when you're stepping outside and doing something that sort of breaks the social norm because it's really hard when you're seeking advice or support. The people who haven't been there aren't the ones who are going to be able to support you in the way that you need. So it's amazing that you were able to find them like that. Yeah, it was the best. It was the best way that we could have started our travels. <laughs> That's so fantastic. So did you stay in Bali for a while after that, or did you move on? We spent six weeks in Bali, and then we went to Thailand. And we went there because when my husband had been there the previous year, he had been to a lantern festival where they light the lantern, the paper lanterns, and they watch them go up. And, and as he was in that, at that festival, he's like, he's thinking, he's like, I'm going to bring my family to this festival someday. And he was thinking in his head, okay, this is going to be, you know, 20 years from now, I'm going to bring my family here. And it worked out that it was the very next year. So we were there, we got to experience Loi Kraton, which was just an incredible experience. Oh, it was so amazing. And so we spent two months in Thailand and then we were like, okay, we need to go somewhere else. It was December. We don't like cold weather. So we're like, okay, all of Europe is out. We didn't feel like taking another, you know, halfway around the world trip at that point. So we're like, okay, let's say somewhere in, in Asia. And we were just debating about where to go. And we had kind of settled on Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, we'll go there. And we were like 90% certain. And then we just kept getting inundated with all this stuff from Vietnam, 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 you know, pictures on Facebook, of people that were traveling in Vietnam, you know, billboards, Vietnam. It's like, Somebody's trying to send us a message here. (laughs) So we were in Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is a ton of Western travelers. And so we just started asking people that we would meet, where should we go? Should we go to Kuala Lumpur or should we go to Vietnam? We must have asked a dozen people and every single one of them said, go to Vietnam. So we're like, "Um, okay. I've never thought about going to Vietnam. I mean, my dad was in the war, served in the war there, never talked about it. And we're like, oh, they must have they must really hate Americans, right? I mean, like America came in and, you know, dropped all these bombs and napalm and Agent Orange. And like, I mean, it's crazy, right? They must hate Americans. Um, but we were like, you know, something's lining up here. We're supposed to go to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And so we went to Vietnam and we found the absolute opposite to be true. This was one of the most enlightening experiences for, for all four of us, really, 
because we've been prepped our children for this. We're like, you know, you have to understand that what Americans did. And it was, it was so crazy. These people are just like open their arms to us, like complete strangers. And not just one of us, you know, there's four of us. And they'd be like, come in and have, you know, drink tea with us or um, drink beer with us. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but, you know, eat with us and, and just amazing welcoming people. And we started asking people, cause we're like, this, there's something, it just doesn't add up in our heads. So we started asking them like, don't you hate Americans? You know, like, why do you not have this prejudice against us? You know, we're Americans. We came in and we bombed and there's still unexploded bombs in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. 50 years after the war, there's still unexploded bombs there. And every single one of us, one of them told us the same thing. They said the war was in the past. Those were decisions made by other people and we look to the future. That's like <laughs> the most beautiful life lesson that you could ever hear. Like that, Isn't I'm sure that? you'll never forget that. You will carry that always. And like, that's the ultimate travel story to share. That's incredible. It is. And we're like, oh my gosh, what would the world be like if more people share this view that, you know, we don't need to hold prejudices against anyone, you know, from, I mean, Everyone in Vietnam, I mean, they lost family members. You know, there's people walking around with missing limbs. You know, the, the evidence of the war is still there. And yet this is their mentality. I mean, we would have people come up to us on the street and say, oh, where are you from? America. Oh, hey, and just give us a hug, like random people. And it was like so beautiful to hear that message over and over and be like, wow, this is really how they live. This is not, you know, some, some, oh, this is a nice phrase. This is what we should say. No, this is how they really think and believe and feel. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. That's amazing. And yeah, definitely. Like, I think we could integrate that into our own lives. It's just American culture is really addicted to suffering and living in the past and complaining, quite frankly. And so it's really beautiful to have new perspectives from people who have a more forward facing outlook. Right. And definitely the blame, too. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, every history lesson that I ever learned in, in school was who is to blame for this. Right. You know, so the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. OK, so Japan is to blame, you know, and and there's pointing fingers and ah, the Vietnamese people just don't do that. And it was just, it, it, it still blows me away. Like it really does. That's refreshing. And I'm so glad you decided to share that story here. Cause like now I'm going to carry it out with me. And like, it's just the way that I want to live. So that's fantastic. Yes. So when you embarked on your trip, did you have this like idea in your head that you would figure it out as you went along or did you have a loose plan in mind or take us through your planning process <laughs> we plan to go to bali mm -hmm. and we plan to go to thailand and we mm -hmm. said okay after that we are just gonna go where the wind directs us you know <laughs> i love that <laughs> and so we, we had this wonderful idea that we'll spend you know we would have liked to spend six months in every country mm -hmm. but some countries the visas just it's not so easy to do. And so we're like, okay, well, if we can spend at least two to three months in every country, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. So we actually entered Vietnam with a three month visa and our visa expired in March of 2020, <laughs> which is right when borders started shutting down really big. And so we had, we had a 12 hour notice that Kuala Lumpur, which is where we were heading next, that they were closing their borders. And we, there was one flight that we could make 
or we could try to extend their visa. So we weighed it really quickly and we said, well, we kind of like it here. And so we're going to stay in Vietnam. And it was the best decision that we could have made. You know, it's a fly by the seat of your pants kind of moment. Like you, it was stressful because like you have to make this decision and you don't know whether your visa will be extended. And if, I mean, if it didn't, we would have had to figure something else out, but it did. And so we were able to stay and we actually stayed in Vietnam then 18 months. And through the worst of the, or through the beginning of the pandemic, mm -hmm. I, I'd really like to say it was the worst, but um, we're not there yet to, mm -hmm. to say that with clarity. Um, but through the beginning of the pandemic, and it was the most incredible experience to be able to get to meet people and, you know, really get to know them and have those experiences. Wow, that's amazing. So you wanted to stay six months and the universe delivered <laughs> exactly. in a very unexpected way. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's incredible. And can you just speak a little bit about what it was like being in Vietnam during the pandemic? Sure. So it was vastly different than in the States because we were you know, definitely keeping our eye on, on, on the whole world, really. But Vietnam took a very pragmatic approach. They met very early on and they said, man, if this, this pandemic hits us, we don't have the resources to treat our population. You know, they're a developing nation. So I mean, they have a lot, but they, they're not the United States. They don't have limitless money, um, limitless supplies. And so they were like, okay, we are shutting down our borders. And when I say shutting down their borders, I mean shutting down their borders. Like even their own citizens had a hard time getting back into the country. And no, no one from any other country could come in. I don't care if you were married to a Vietnamese person, you could not come back in if you were not a citizen. So they shut everything down. Anyone who did make it back into the country, they quarantined for 14 days and they're COVID testing them left and right. Um, there were a couple of outbreaks of COVID that got loose. And one of them was actually in the town where we were staying, city, I should say it's not a town, it was a million people. Um, it, it actually got into the hospital system, which was really sad. They locked that city down like, like, like nothing. I mean, the beach was closed. The sidewalk across from the beach was closed. You could not go on the sidewalk. Every single restaurant, food delivery, um, ride shares, you couldn't get a taxi or an Uber, nothing. Everything was closed down. And they go to the market almost every day to get their, their produce, their meat, their fish, everything. And during this time that they locked down the city, they came around and they handed out tickets and you got two tickets per family per week. Wow. To go to the market. So they locked everything down. We were locked down like that for about six weeks. And then there were no more incidences of COVID. And so they started opening things up and things really went back to normal. You know, everybody wore masks, mm -hmm. but it was business, businesses were open, you know, the beach opened back up and, and travel throughout the country then was perfectly simple. And to be honest, it was amazing because there were no tourists there. <laughs> so we got to experience really beautiful, amazing tourist places that are usually jam packed with people with absolutely no one there. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. And can you recommend one place in Vietnam that you think everyone should visit? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. <laughs> Pick one and like <laughs> choose your favorite child. <laughs> um, yeah, I know that's so crazy hard. Um, you can pick because more than one. <laughs> the, beach, the beach there is absolutely phenomenal. From, so we were in Da Nang, we went to Hoi An. It's this most incredible white sand beach, like absolutely gorgeous with the ocean that just so gradually decreases so you can go out forever. Um, the ocean was incredible, but 
I think one of my favorite places was Katba Island, which is in the northern part. And they have this incredible karst formations, such as these limestone rocks that jut out of the ocean. And we were able to kayak there with no one around. Usually there's like chock-a-block full of boats and we were there with no one and it was insane. That is so special. That is really, really cool. Fantastic. And so your business, can you tell us a little bit about your business and did you start it before you even left? Like what is the progression and yeah, kind of walk us through that a little bit. Sure. So we had started a business before we left, um, digital marketing, and it was, it was okay. We weren't loving it though. We weren't feeling passionate about it. And it really wasn't until we left that we looked back and we said, you know what, 11 months ago, we were at like this really, really low place in our marriage and we were broke. And here we are 11 months later, you know, on this plane with a year's worth of expenses saved up and we're, we're going to go travel the world. Like, holy crap, like we did this. And we, we looked how we said, man, we have to share this. We have to share this and inspire other people to really go after their dreams. Because it was the saddest thing to me when we were sharing our plans with people and they would get excited for us. And then they're like, oh, I have this dream. And, you know, maybe in, you know, five years or, or 10 years or when we retire or when the house gets paid off, you know, we'll be able to do that. And it hit me. It's like, oh my gosh, you don't know what's going to happen in that five years, that 10 years. Oh, I'm like, you had to go after your dreams. Like, I'm like, this is just like this message from the universe that says you have to inspire people with your story. And so we looked at our, our own story and we're like, yes, we need to inspire people, but we also need to show them how they can do this with their finances. Because, you know, you go from broke to having one year's worth of expenses saved up. And it's like, that's a massive change. And, you know, we didn't eat rice and beans that whole year. <laughs> you know, we, we, we enjoyed life, but we just had a very different mindset about money. And we're like, we need to share this with people. And so we started our business, Inspire My Money, to do that, to really inspire people to go after their dreams and then show them the strategies that they can use to make it actually happen, to not be able to say, oh, I don't have the money. I can't do this. I love that so much. And it resonates with me and it resonates with what I do because people are like, one day I can do this. Someday I can do this, but someday becomes never very, very quickly. And like COVID is the perfect example of like waiting. I have a number of people in my circle who said that they were going to go travel, but then couldn't because of the circumstances. So when we keep waiting and putting things off, like you never know. And so yes. it's amazing exactly. to hear what you do. Can you share maybe one actionable tip to like start thinking about money differently if someone who's listening wants to do this either by themselves or with their family? Sure. I would say that one of the biggest things is to focus on your goal. So I don't believe in budgeting. We don't teach budgeting. We think it's a really negative mindset. Mm -hmm. And so what we teach is more like intentional spending, being very intentional when you spend money that yes, I am choosing to spend this money, not I'm spending this money because this is my habit, which is what, I mean, we fell into living our normal American life, a very habitual spending. And so the big thing is to really become intentional with what you were spending your money on and to really focus on that goal. So when we had our goal, okay, we're going to leave in September, which ended up becoming August, you know, every decision that we were making, we were balancing it with, okay, I want to enjoy life now, but I have this goal to leave and travel. 
And it made things so much easier to make that decision. You know, okay, we want to go out to eat. All right, well, let's go out to eat. Let's still enjoy, but let's go out to a less expensive restaurant or let's get pizza instead because it will still serve the purpose, but it will also serve the purpose of the goal, which is to put money towards that trip. I love that so much. And the fact that you were able to leave earlier than you intended, like that's so exciting. Yes. It works. Okay, amazing. And then at any point, did you or your husband have the thought that like, we need to go back to work? Or did you just make the decision? You're like, we are done with the workforce and the corporate environment. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it was like, oh no, we're, we're done. Like you walk away from that and you're like, you, once you experience the freedom of, of choice, the freedom of time, and it's not that we don't work because we do, we work at our business, you know, and we have the added thing of homeschooling our children. So that's an added work for us, but it's a completely different mindset when you're working for yourself, you know, and you're making those decisions about what do I want to do for our business today? Not what do I need to do for, you know, my company to, to hit their goals. And so it changes everything. And and I will say, no, we, we haven't had that thought like, oh, we should go back to work and, and get a job. And no. <laughs> Amazing. And no more Sunday scaries. The day. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Now it's like Sundays. It's like, okay, what do we do? Like, it's like, let's just go explore and experience and, and see new places. That's incredible. Okay, so before we wrap up, I want to be mindful of your time and like I'm obsessed with your story and I feel so inspired. Um, so actually, just you're in Mexico now, right? Did you go yes. from Vietnam yeah, we to went, Mexico? We did. Vietnam stopped extending our visa, okay. um, which was a little sad and uh, we didn't really want to leave. But it turns out, you know, things line up for a reason. They mm -hmm. actually ended up getting the Delta variant of covid within their country and they haven't been able to, to contain it like they were the initial COVID. And so it's really ravaged the country and it's very sad. Um, but they told us we needed to leave. And so we're like, okay, where can we go? We hadn't had um, access to the vaccine because mm -hmm. Vietnam's a developing nation. It, you know, Any vaccine that they were getting, they were giving to their first responders, which is exactly where it should have gone. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, all of Europe is out because you're free to travel there if you have the vaccine, but if you don't, uh, not so much. And to be real, <laughs> doing business on the opposite side of the world makes for some early mornings and some late evenings. And mm -hmm. we're like, you know what? If we're in you know, the Americas in the broad sense, we can you know, more easily connect with people. Perfect. Not that I'm saying we won't go to the other side of the world, <laughs> but for the moment, it's like, you know, this works out really well. So we went to Mexico and we've been here and loving the tacos and <laughs> which are sorely absent, I have to say, in Southeast Asia. You Definitely. Can't get tacos. <laughs> yeah. And then the Asian food's kind of lacking in Mexico. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, that's the point of travel. You can have all your favorites in destination and then best quality. Yes. Okay. So before we wrap up, I'll say this again, <laughs> um, some quick questions. So luggage, do you guys use suitcases, backpacks? What do you travel with? We mostly have um, backpacks mm -hmm. or large duffel bags that turn into backpacks. And we have like two small wheeled suitcases that can be like carry-ons. Amazing. And accommodation. So your family, you said hostels are out. How, where do you guys stay? Where do you find accommodation? 
typically like Airbnb or booking.com, especially when we first arrive someplace. So we'll usually book someplace, even a hotel, depending on where we're at, um, for a couple of nights. And when we first land, then it's like, okay, we hit the ground and we're like, okay, where are we gonna settle? Where can we find to rent longer term? And we like to find, you know, an apartment or a house and still really experience a normal family life. I mean, we cook dinners, we, I mean, we cook most meals and have a normal life while still being in completely different places. Kind of gives us that sense of normalcy, even though we're in a completely different place. Totally, that's awesome. And then on a scale of like budget to luxury, how would you describe your travel style? Um, Mid-range, mm -hmm. mid-range. We definitely don't, you know, I mean, there's, there's places that I'm not gonna stay <laughs> with children, which are, you know, as a husband and wife, you know, I'd be much more open to, to you know, lower, things, but you know, with children, yeah, there's places I'm not going to stay. So, but we don't do the luxury. We're, you know, not there and we don't need to be used to kind of experience lots of, we'd rather spend our money, honestly, on experiences and seeing new things than on where you're staying. Love that. All right. And then final question, would you do it again if you had to start over? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Except if I had to do it again, I would probably do it like five years earlier. Amazing. Okay. Let's just ditch this. Let's do this. Let's, you know, and I don't know, it just feels so much more alive. I feel like, you know, all of these experiences and um, yeah, they just shape you in such a different way. And yeah, I just do it. I do it earlier. I love that so much. All right. So we'll link everything in the show notes, but where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your family and your business? Sure. So inspiremymoney.com is our business website. There's a lot of information in there. There's free ebook. There's actually a free course up right now um, about getting organized with your money. And then I am primarily on Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. Amazing. So guys, be sure to check out Karen. Karen, thank you so much for being here. I loved hearing your story. I mean, it's, I'm always inspired, even though I'm like doing it too. I'm also in Mexico. We're both doing our thing, but like, it's so refreshing to hear people who are truly going after their dreams. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for sharing the fact that it's possible to do it with a family as well. And so thank you for being here. And until next time, everyone. Bye. A career break is more than escaping reality for a short time. It's an intentional break that will help you recover from the corporate burnout, fuel your inspiration through exploration, and ignite your fire for life. The next round of my signature program, Career Break Bootcamp, will be back this December. If you dream about leaving your job in exchange for some full-time travel, but don't know how to get started, this program is for you. You can find the link to hop on the waitlist inside the show notes so that you don't miss out. This is your life. What are you waiting for? Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, Come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at The Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.